Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. The Pittsburgh CityCast is presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and it has you covered for the NFL season. They are offering same-game parlays in all pro football matchups. They are bringing back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game days, and this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to bet. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. It's the Pittsburgh CityCast with Mike Pursuta and me, Tim Benz. Mike normally joins us later in the week as we get set for pro and college football the weekend that will be. We're moving things around a little bit. I got to close on a house on Thursday. So with that being said, we're kind of juggling the schedule around. Uh, somehow it's possible for me to buy this house despite what I've lost in the second half of the NFL season. I, I guess I should be very careful moving forward, Mike, with the new mortgage I'm taking on and my record of late. It took a real bad turn after about six weeks, and I don't know why. I, I thought I was seeing things pretty well early, and then the more information I got, the dumber I got. Benzie, hold my beer. You're buying a house, and uh... – <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty close to moving out of one after the Ohio State University let me down on so many levels. Yeah, I know. I was Some thinking, of which were financial, but so many levels. I was thinking of you quite a bit. I was watching the game against Michigan, and your words from our podcast from last week were ringing in my ears. I'm going to bet more than I've ever bet on any football game in my life on Ohio State. Did you actually go that far? And uh, just to let you know, Jamie and I have a free room available in the new house. I, I may take you up on it. I didn't go quite that hard, 
but I'll tell you, this was coming from a place where I had watched almost every Ohio State game, almost every Michigan game, and every Michigan State game this season. So I thought I had a real good feel for both of those teams and, you know, how they had done against pretty much the same competition. And I don't know, one of those deals, I guess Ohio State had beaten Michigan so many times in a row and, uh, you know, Michigan was able to fan the flames of that and, you know, finally say enough's enough. And, uh, you know, Michigan's a team that uh, improved throughout the season. I came out of the Michigan Michigan State game kind of impressed with their passing, but I just thought Ohio State was at an elite level and uh, it was just going to be, you know, boat race time again. And it was not. Uh, just a little reminder, it's why they called gambling and not winning. If it was called winning, everybody would do it and there really wouldn't be a trick to it. So and Everybody would have bet on the Raiders too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that one, I, I feel a little better about that loss because I think I got Sean hockey lead. And while I'm not a guy who likes to ever blame the officials in this instance, I'm going to blame the officials because I just think they had a different, well, let me put it's not it not sour way. grapes when they're messing with your money. Just ask yeah. Larry foot, right? I think Mike McCarthy and his players and Sean hockey lead and his guys we're operating on different pages in terms of what is and is not pass interference. And based on our conversation with the uh, always popular Gene Steratore on DVE mm -hmm. on Tuesday morning, uh, I think Mike McCarthy was right. I think I was right. But uh, you don't get to say, hey, you know, I would have won that if they'd have called it the right way. That's just, <laughs> I'll give uh, me my money back. You suck it up and then you, you swallow hard and you bet the Bengals on Sunday and then you feel a whole lot better about life. Well, you know what? Meeting last uh, Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Um, the thing with the Michigan-Ohio State angle is, I, and I find myself doing this all the time when it comes to gambling too, is you could sit there as an impartial observer and say, oh, hidden vigorous, they're destined to turn it around. They can't, Team X can't beat Team Y every time. So, of course, you're going to keep betting on the team that has won a million times in a row. But uh, it, it's hard to go the other way against that and say, okay, this is going to be the time it changes. And here's my money that says so, you know, like it's, it's hard to put your money where your mouth is literally in that kind of situation. You can say it's time for something to change or they're due, or it's got to be the, the other way around this time. But once you put your money attached to it, it has a whole different feeling. Yeah. I don't think that's sustainable. I've always been taught and learned and in practical experience have found you ride out streaks and you know they're going to end eventually, which means you're going to lose eventually. But the idea is to win as much as possible before it does. And uh, I just thought Ohio State coming off of that blowout of Michigan State, it looked like that passing game was unstoppable. And really, I know Michigan's edge rush gets all the publicity, but Michigan and Michigan State have very comparable pass rushes. Uh, maybe it was a difference between playing at home and playing on the road. Maybe it was just Michigan's time. Uh, maybe this is just setting up Michigan to lay a complete egg in Indianapolis because it threw everything it had into this Ohio state game. And really it's a goalpost game for them. Right. I mean, right. When you, when you think about it, uh, but I'm not going to bet on Iowa either, but I would, uh, I, I would enjoy a Hawkeye one point victory, but I'm not uh, optimistic. That's going to come about either. We'll get to the championship games a little bit later on. when We focus on college, but as always, we'll start with the Steelers and speaking of streaks, this is the first time Mike that the Ravens, have been favored in Pittsburgh while going against Ben Roethlisberger. They've been favored in Pittsburgh three other times, but in each of those times, the Steelers have been without Big Ben. 
And I believe one of those three times the Steelers beat the Ravens and the other two times they took the game to overtime. Uh, it's a narrow spread right now. It's three and a half in favor of the Ravens. Are you as bullish betting on the Ravens in this game as you were bullish betting on the Bengals last time out? Not quite, but I'm still going to do it. Uh, I'm going to go money line, which is right now two to one because uh, the Ravens uh, are a big part of what the Ravens are is Justin Tucker. And if Baltimore wins this game by a field goal, that should surprise nobody. Um, Baltimore's been a funny team. I, I really respect the record and the ability to find ways to win. Which and the Ravens are doing. They've, they've really pushed that envelope week in and week out. And more often than not, they pull something out of their backside. Uh, the, the Sunday night game against Cleveland, I was just uh, rewatching it before we sat down to do this today. And uh, Lamar Jackson's ability to just drop back and run around and buy time and then heave the ball down the middle of the field and his guy somehow catches it. It's remarkable, but I don't know if it's sustainable. Uh, I don't. I don't think the. I'm not going to be critical of the Ravens at eight and three, Tim. But I don't think them winning eight of their first eleven games this season means they're going to continue to win at that rate. You know, right, whatever yeah. whatever the winning percentage is over the next however many games they play. But uh, I'm also a little bit. Uh, I got this voice in the back of my head. I do a lot of shows. Uh, and have done a lot of shows over the years with our colleague Merrill Hodge, and uh, he's big on never underestimate a professional who's been embarrassed. You know, and uh, this does pop up sometimes. You see a team just get slaughtered one week, and uh, the pride comes out the next week, and they, they work a little harder, and they they're much more respectable. But the Steelers have so many holes in their lineup right now. I, I don't know if it's an effort thing as much as a. Uh, they're just not as good as the other team thing when it comes to their offensive line against the other team's D line and vice versa. And I think you can work around one of those deficiencies. I think two is a deal breaker. So I think Pittsburgh's going to lose. Uh, I don't, I, I don't expect it would be 41 to 10 bad. I wasn't expecting that this last Sunday, but uh, the play to me in this one looks like Baltimore minus 200. I think you're right about that. I'm probably leaning towards taking the Steelers with the points and teasing it up to, you know, four or buying a half point and getting it to four, something like that. Um, maybe putting a point. Oh, it's four right now. Is it up to four now? Okay, because I saw yeah. it at three and a half, so it's up to four now. All right. As we um, speak, you know, so there you go. Saved you have buying half a point. All right, I'll get on it while I can then. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't – this is exactly what I was speaking about earlier. I, I feel like there's this karma sort of thing out there because it is the Steelers and Ravens. And I asked this question to Mike Tomlin, and I didn't get through it the way I wanted to. But, you know, I, I think he knew where I was going with it. Even beyond what the Bengals – and Browns are when it comes to the rivalry to the Steelers. We have seen games where it is illogical that the lesser team in Steelers Ravens is hanging with the better team yeah. on both sides, on both and, sides. Yes. And repeatedly often. Over, although a lot of that was Billick and Cower, right? No, not really because, and actually I did draw a line on the Cower and Billick stuff to get to Tomlin and Harbaugh, because I'm thinking like Charlie batch after the seven fumble game, in 2012 against the eventual Super Bowl champion Ravens who were nine and two at the time. And the Steelers were five and five and they just lost example. the Browns. Yeah. Um, they won that one. Uh, Dennis Dixon in 2009, you know, they took that game to overtime. There was the game last year when the COVID team from the Ravens came up with two thirds of the roster against the unbeaten Steelers. They could have, and maybe should have won that football game. The Ryan Mallett year, 
That was a year where the Ravens were 5-11. and 11. They beat the Steelers twice, and the Steelers went to the playoffs. And they won one of those games with Ryan Mallett. There was the Duck and Mason Rudolph team. You know, that was Mason Rudolph starting against the Ravens, getting hurt, and Duck getting his first action. And that game got to overtime, and the Steelers should have won it if Juju didn't fumble. So it is just, there's this illogical, centrifugal force that draws these two teams together to stay close at all times, even when the odds say otherwise. Now, do I want to bet it to the point that the Steelers are going to win? No, I don't. Like <laughs> this might be a game where I say it on the radio. I think the Steelers are going to win, but like I said before, I just don't have the guts to put my money to it. Yeah, it does have that history. That's a very thorough uh, regurgitation. Thanks for bringing up Ryan Mallett, by the way. You know where that jackass went to college? Uh, where I know where he started. Yes, um, that's enough of that. Uh, <laughs> it's the team that beat Ohio State this last weekend. That team up north, or as we call them, the team down the road. Um, I keep going back to what the Steelers don't have, Tim. And uh, I, I'm looking well, two, at two things that they don't have are Bud Dupree and TJ Watt. Well, and yeah, I mean, and that's, assuming Watt doesn't play, that's going to be problematic. I would assume that. And uh, even if he does, he wasn't very good against the Bengals. No. And, uh, you know, he was either limited because of his injuries and he also was doing the TJ trying to do too much thing at times. Um, this is a, a Ravens team. Lamar Jackson's just going to hold the ball and fake it to a running back and, wait for something to open up and then he's going to exploit it. And based on how they did against Justin Herbert and based on how they did against Joe Burrow, you know, we forget, uh, or some people might forget Burrow had that spin out of the sack and run for an eight yard touchdown to start the debacle in Cincinnati rolling downhill. Why, why at this point would you think the Steelers would be able to contain Lamar? Now I know they've done pretty well against him historically, uh, but I, I just think they're in a bad, bad place right now with their injuries and their, uh, their shortcomings that uh, they have been able to mask at times, but lately those have been uh, all too apparent. And then on the offensive side of the ball, uh, where are the points going to come from? Are they going to be able to run the ball down Baltimore's throat? Everybody has passed the ball against the Ravens, but uh, if they do their blitz thing, uh, can the Steelers hold up? Can Roethlisberger run away uh, even as well as Baker Mayfield did the other night, which wasn't all that great? Um I think it's a bad matchup this time around uh, in, in the Steelers in this current configuration. And quite frankly, I'm not sure what would be a good matchup for them right now in this current configuration. Yeah, so you like Baltimore money line. I don't necessarily think that's wrong. I like the Steelers with the points so long as you're getting at least four. Um, you know, it's interesting to me that Mike Tomlin is, by, by way of citing ways to coach and scheme into better matchups he talked about throwing the three outside linebackers on the field in that game against Baltimore a year ago and it worked and it certainly worked against Allen and the Buffalo Bills in game one of this season but like I said Bud's not there anymore TJ's not there anymore and one of those guys would have been Melvin Gordon and he's not here Melvin anymore Ingram. sorry Melvin Ingram they could and, use uh, Melvin Gordon too. They could use yeah. either Melvin, um, <laughs> yeah. but they could use Melvin Gordon. And he's a guy, you know, a lot of people say, well, he's not playing all that well anyway. And he's not playing all that well in Kansas City. No, he's not. He's but better than so Taco Charlton. Exactly. Or there Derek I go Tuska. again. Yet or, another guy from the school up north. Delonte is, Scott or whoever it is that they're going to sign. Delonte Smith. What is it? Smith Scott? I don't even know what his name is. I screwed up Melvin Ingram and Gordon. I know the I difference. Think between, Scott. I there think it's Scott. There we go. It's something Archibong, Daniel Archibong, Daniel Archibong, yeah, Delonte Scott. Is that it? yeah? I mean, this this is where we are with the Steelers. This is what we're going to put our money on. 
I mean, yeah. and I know these guys don't play a preponderance of snaps, but they play some. And what if there are in-game injuries? I, the only thing that I can see working for the Steelers, um, based on what I saw of Lamar Jackson against Cleveland, the Ravens down the field passing game is non-existent unless it's one of Jackson's run around, hold the ball, and then heave it down the middle of the field like uh, Rod Rutherford used to do to Larry Fitzgerald and hope Mark Andrews can do his Larry Fitz imitation and somehow catch it. I think about bringing everybody up to the line of scrimmage, maybe playing Fitzpatrick single high, getting Terrell Edmonds involved in blitzing, run blitzing, uh, spying Lamar, doing what you got to do to try to contain him. But um, I think it's a ticking time bomb. Cam Sutton and uh, Pierre hold up or what? Yeah, because I don't think they're going to throw the ball down the field anyway. Most of his uh, effective throws against the Browns were – uh, and I think this is a little bit of the residual uh, of the Baltimore-Miami game. I can't remember if we talked about this much uh, in the wake of that. Uh, I think it was a Thursday night. The uh, the Ravens lost to the Dolphins in Miami. And Miami just blitz, 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 zero yeah. blitz, safety blitz. Seven linemen. Yeah, went, they went crazy. And they, that is Lamar Jackson's least productive start in his NFL career in terms of points generated and, uh, you know, some of the other things that matter. Uh, but you got to be able to blitz to pull that off. But th- he seems to see blitz now and just do a quick, you know, he, he's got a nice quick release when he wants to get the ball out quick and he can give it a flick of the wrist and it can cover a short distance with a lot of mustard on it. I, I think he's going to throw a lot of short passes. So if you have everybody up, you ought to be able to defend that anyway. And if you have everybody up, you might be able to defend him. I mean, their, their running game is still quarterback driven. Uh, it's about half design and half, I got to make something happen here just because, but uh, the guy is, is, is incredibly athletic and uh, like a great running back, you can contain, 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 and he's going to break one on you. Then eventually he's going to break another one on you. It's just a matter of when, and I can't see the Steelers offense pulling away and, you know, putting a strain on the Ravens by getting a 10 or 14 point lead. Cause I don't know where their points are coming from. And Tomlin sort of poo pooed this when I asked him about it today, but Joe Mixon, according to the next gen stats had 145 of his 165 yards outside the tackles, which was a record for this year, the, the high this year for any back he's apparently, according to them, the second best back in the league when it comes to that behind Nick Chubb. And Tomlin was insisting that most of the runs originated inside and he started, he did the damage inside and then broke it outside. Um, so I don't know. We might be arguing about the same thing and, and next gen just might delineate where a run became outside versus inside differently than Tomlin. But regardless, if Mixon can do that, Lamar can do that. He can start running outside and then turn the edge and hit the edge even faster than Mixon can, to be frank. Yeah, and I don't think the Steelers have anybody that's as fast as Miles Garrett to try to run him down or Jeremiah Owasu Koromoa mm-hmm. to try to spy him and contain him the, the way Cleveland did. Uh, I, all I know about Joe Mixon's performance last Sunday was he almost never got hit behind the line of scrimmage. He almost always was getting through the hole with speed and momentum and able to really turn it on at the second level. It uh, doesn't really matter if it was inside or outside. It was six, seven, nine, eight, nine, 25, 32. Uh, it was, it looked way too easy. I'm not going to say it was easy because you have to get a lot of blocks to make that happen. And uh, certainly he's got to make the right reads and he's got to uh, explode when he needs to explode and cut back when he needs to cut back. But it looked almost effortless. Uh, compare the Najee Harris runs 
with the Joe Mixon runs. And if they were wearing generic uniforms, it'd be pretty easy to tell which guy had a huge day and which guy did almost nothing. Yeah, only, just, just because of the way they started. It, oh. It's Yeah, it's like running into a brick wall, literally, because Najee Harris, the Steelers are third from the bottom when it comes to average yards before contact. Um, Najee Harris is getting contacted before he gets to the line all the time or right at the line all the time. And only the Vikings and only the Jets are worse. And the Vikings have Dalvin Cook. And, uh, you know, at least he can make some things. Well, they happen. had Dalvin Cook. Yeah, they, they won't for this game coming up against the Steelers. And, boy, I think that's a break for them. But then again, it's a Thursday night after the Ravens, Mike. And we all know what gambling numbers tell us about the Steelers and Ravens after they play each other. Bet the other way. Yeah, and part of that, too, it's not just, you know, if you're hit, getting hit behind the line of scrimmage, d- does that make it a negative play or not? Mixon was able to get either the handoff or the toss, however they got him the ball, and just kind of take a half second and sort of see what was happening in front of him and watch the play unfold and then take advantage of what was happening. It, it, Najee Harris is just running for his life as soon as he gets the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever he gets positive is kind of a bonus. Oh, by the way, over under. I like the under forty four. What do you think? Yeah, if I was going to go there, I would. I, I would go under. Uh, I, I'm I'm sort of fixated on that minus two hundred for better or worse. Ravens going, money line. I'm going with the Steelers plus the four. If you're going to give me four, this is the ultimate. Don't try to make yourself look smart and, and take the Steelers. If they're going to give you the points, and this is just about keeping it close. Steelers uh, and Ravens tends great, to be close. Great example before we take our break. Uh, our buddy Adam Crowley was tweeting on Thanksgiving how he was taking the Lions on the money line because he thought they were going to win. And I, I talked to him about this on Sunday. I said, you know, if you'd have taken that plus three or, or three and a half, whatever you would have gotten, you'd have been a winner. And instead, you were a loser because they lost by two, but they lost. Yeah, you don't feel as smart, but you're rich. And then when you look at it and you go the other way, you're totally dumb because they yeah. gave you points and you didn't take it. How smart did you feel when the Bears are just setting up that game-ending <laughs> field goal with seconds to play and you're out of timeouts? And it's like, oh, God, we're not going to get the ball back and they're going to win. How smart did you feel betting on Dan Campbell to manipulate the clock? How smart did you feel yeah. then when you were when you were putting your money on a guy that dumb? I think you could have just stopped with how smart did you feel betting on Dan Campbell? All right, we come back. We'll look at the rest <laughs> of the NFL. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. Tim Benz, Mike Pursuit, a couple days early this week. Uh, we will also get to the college championship games. It's on the way as well. We are brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. The VEASAN Mid-Season Football Special is here. Put the VEASAN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. 
Continuing on the Pittsburgh CityCast, Mike Pursuta from the DVE Morning Show. Listen to him throughout the course of this week, and you can listen to both of us on DVE for the pregame show. It's a 425 starts. That means I'm on at 1230 for that one, and Mike will be on at 230 in advance of Steelers versus Ravens play-by-play on DVE. Mike, aside from Steelers-Ravens, what other games pique your interest? We usually don't have a chance to talk about the Thursday night game. It's Cowboys and Saints. Is that one that gets your curiosity going? Uh, probably will by Thursday. <laughs> uh, no Mike McCarthy. Uh, I'm sure that uh, there's some people in Green Bay that are probably sitting around eating their cheese and drinking their beer. Saying, oh, good. Dallas will have a better chance to win now. Um, uh, surprised on Thursday uh, how ineffective the Cowboys were defensively against the Raiders. A lot of that was the pass interference thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that New Orleans team's very good in the, the way it's configured right about now. No. Um, uh, Dallas minus four looks doable to me. Yeah, and these teams, both of them playing Thursday to Thursday, so you don't have to worry about the Thursday hangover there at all. Uh, I don't think four points is too much. I kind of like the Cowboys in that game and the over-under at 47.5. I wouldn't touch that. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to have to do most of the heavy lifting there. If you think... The Saints are going to win. I go under. Let me put it to you that way. If you're someone who's leaning towards the Saints on this one, I go under that total, and, and it's probably because Dallas had a bad night or a lesser night offensively. What's the uh, Cowboys getting any receivers back? Or uh, I don't know about that. That, that would be uh, useful information. Yeah, CD is uh, still in the concussion protocol, right? So I, I don't know about that at this yeah. point, if that's something that tilts your perspective. But I think – they, they figured it out eventually against the Raiders. It was defensively that was the, the surprise. What well, ended up 33-30, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was going to end up 27-30 to 13, something like that. It, it oh, it was not. 30. It might have been 36-33 now that I say that. Either yeah. way, field goal in overtime. Um, I know that the Monday night game is going to be interesting. I like to close with that. Patriots and Bills. What about on Sunday, aside from Steelers-Ravens? You like anything? Nothing is, you know, jumping out at me. It's still, uh, we're a little earlier in the process than we usually are. Uh, I am going to take a look at Minnesota and Detroit. Uh, Minnesota's minus seven right now playing at Detroit, but I think Minnesota's really good. What are the Vikings, five and six? Yeah. Probably the best five and six team in the league. Now, without Dalvin Cook, it's it's a different story, but I I still think the Lions are wretched, and I know they they covered against the Browns. Aren't they back in this mode now, Mike, where they play close enough, often enough, that they're due to just get their doors blown off? Well, and I think I, I think the Vikings are pretty explosive, and they might be able to uh, take advantage uh, of Detroit's defense without uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, Arizona and the Bears is intriguing to me because the Bears aren't very good either. Uh, it's in Chicago, so we got to keep weather. Uh, in mind, but that's minus eight. That's got T's potential written all over it. Um, do, as, do you tease it with Tampa Bay and Atlanta, or is Atlanta proven enough of late that, um, well, if you tease it down, then you're only talking about five points or. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Tampa on the road. No. So I'm probably uh, probably leave that one alone, but maybe get Indy down to two or three against the Houston Texans. And I know that's a division game and. There's probably some history there I'm not aware about. And I know the Texans have played a little better of late. I still don't think they're very good. 
Man, some uh, of these uh, NFC teams and these NFC games sure are hard to pinpoint because you think a lot of these five and six, six and six teams are just pus, but they win enough games to the point that it's annoying. It takes your money and it gets them in the playoff conversation. Like there's going to be, there, <laughs> there might be a sub 500 team, even with 17 games, Mike, in the playoffs in the NFC. Yeah. The worst part of that is it takes your money. Yeah. Yes, I don't. I don't mind being annoyed. I don't care who makes the playoffs in the NFC, but I like the money coming in, not going out. Uh, another tease possibility, I think, is Chiefs at nine and a half against Denver yeah. at home. Denver's got its uh, down the field receivers back and uh, is a better team as a result. But Kansas City really starting around into form. Um, That's a better target to tease with the Cardinals, I think. Probably just because of the home versus road. And uh, the caliber of the opponent. Is San Francisco intriguing to you? Well, no, let me say that. Let me take that back. Denver's better than Chicago. Uh, Denver's healthier. uh, And that's a division game. So that can get a little goofy, but uh, I'm still, I'm still listening to Springsteen. If you know what I mean? I know what you mean. And uh, he's had a week off to tune the guitar. So let's see how he does against Denver, who I don't think is all that hard to figure out. And speaking of annoying, they're annoying that they're still somehow alive and present in the last wild card conversation. Uh, I brought up San Francisco, Mike. Um, that's a team that's managed to resuscitate itself. Three and a half point favorites on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I decided in, in advance of Monday Night Football, I was just going to hate whoever lost that game with a vengeance <laughs> the rest of the way and just assume that they really stink. So that's the Seahawks. I like the 49ers uh, only laying three and a half at Seattle. How about you? I might go the other way on that uh, yeah. that philosophy. I might take the Raiders giving two and a half at home against the Washington football team. Raiders, uh, you know, show me a little something, uh, ability to score against uh, Dallas. Now, again, the flags were flying, but uh, that's one of those better quarterback and you got the home team, right? You know, boil it down to that and not overthink it. I. Here, here's another one I'm looking at. It's the Jacksonville game against the Rams, and I'm trying to figure out Ugh. what is it that's keeping this line at only 12 and a half. Is it paranoia? How crappy the Rams have played. Yeah, for the I was last... going to say, is this, is the Rams being as bad as they have been, or is it the fact that every time we get a double-digit line in the NFL these days, it blows up in our face? You know, Jacksonville's got a defense, but the Rams have been playing awful now for two, three weeks in a row, maybe longer. But they're home. Uh, they don't have to go to Jacksonville. Um, maybe. maybe. I'm I thinking about think... waiting on this one. I'm going to wait on this one to see if Urban Meyer takes the Notre Dame job. and then <laughs> If he stays, we're betting against the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think based on some of uh, Urban's dalliances this year, he might be out for Notre Dame, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, don't kid yourself. If they think he can win him a national championship. They're fine. I don't know if he left enough room for the Holy Ghost in that video that I saw from Columbus a few weeks yeah. ago. All you got to uh, do is say, hey, my bad, and then you're good, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I coached <laughs> the Jaguars for a little while. Uh, what about Monday night, Mike? New England and Buffalo. I know New England drives you nuts, but they're just they're starting to become a moneymaker if you've bet on them lately. Uh, does the fun stop in Buffalo on Monday night? It's only a two-point spread, two-and-a-half-point spread right now yeah. for the Bills. Fascinating game. I want to take a deeper dive into that one. Um, but uh, I, I, I really am going to enjoy watching it, however I end up uh, spreading the cash around. I want to take a look at how Buffalo's done against the better defenses because I think the Patriots have that 
their obvious strength is how well they're playing defensively. Mm-hmm. But Buffalo at home can be a different kind of animal. And if that gets into a, the kind of game where one team's got to keep up, uh, as, as well as Mac Jones has done for what they've asked him to do, I don't know. I don't know that that team is in this matchup on the road. Lastly, before we get out of here and get to college, AFC North right now, the Ravens minus 200 winners. That's the projection. The Bengals at plus 240. Browns at plus 1,100. Steelers at plus 3,000. The Steelers are at plus 1,100 last week, now at plus 3,000. I'm surprised there's as much of a gap between the Ravens and Bengals as, as, as exists right now with Baltimore at minus 200 and the Bengals at plus 240. What do you think? Yeah, I've been reluctant to get off the Cleveland bandwagon. Um but I think it might be time. Baker's really beat up. All of a sudden, they're deficient at wide receiver. They lost Conklin again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Their run game, too, has been a little spotty of late. And they got like, nothing going against Baltimore in a run game. Um, I, I think the Bengals are the steam right now. I, I, I really like their roster. They had their uh, little hiccup uh, period of the season where they lost to the Jets. And uh, who else did they lose to? Um uh, they lost to well, they got blown off by uh, was it Baltimore? No, they, no, they won. Baltimore. They won in Baltimore. Uh, Cleveland at home. Cleveland, yeah, that's what it was. Cleveland tore them up at home. Uh, I think that was the game after the Jets game or the game before the Jets game. But the the point I'm laboring to make is that Cincinnati has really righted its ship since then, and uh, I think that's a good team that's getting confident, and it's a really hungry team, and it's a really balanced team, Tim, which gives them a chance against a lot of people. All right, we come back. We'll mix in some hockey, too, before we get to college. Steelers, excuse me, Penguins getting set to take on the Edmonton Oilers. That'll be a fun game to watch. Lots of matchup interest there that's on the way here in the Pittsburgh CityCast. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Going to get to college football to wrap up with Mike Pursuta here in the Pittsburgh CityCast. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. But first, Wednesday night. Pens and Oilers, puck line, minus one towards Edmonton at home, plus 128. The Penguins getting plus one, minus 152. Uh, The Penguins are plus 112 to win. The Oilers uh, minus 130 to win. And then the total goals over under six, plus 100 on the under, and then uh, minus 120. That's kind of interesting to me with the way Jari has been playing the Penguins have the best penalty kill in hockey. The Oilers' power play is ungodly right now, Mike. It's at 37%. That's on a record pace. And the Pens are over 90 on the kill, right? Yeah, the Pens are over, I think it's 90.6 on the kill. So that's a fascinating matchup right there. I'm going to be real interested to watch this game. And uh, beyond the whole boil it down to McJesus versus Sir Sidney thing, I think there's more meat on the bone to watch with these two teams when they play each other. Yeah. The Penguins have played so well defensively of late and, you know, they had that winning streak. They almost weren't scored on at all. And uh, even in Calgary, you know, Calgary's a real good team, particularly at home, real hard to score against and two to one loss in a seven round shootout 
Uh, the Penguins can keep a lid on this thing. They win, right? Yeah, and if they can keep a lid on this thing, like I said, over under six. If you look at the Oilers, they don't get a ton of shots on the net. I think they're like 12th when it comes to shots on goal for all of their offense. But they have the second best team shooting percentage in hockey. Uh, they don't need a lot to get the goals that they get. Uh, 3.75 average per game for them right behind Colorado, who leads the NHL in goals for and goals per game. They don't need a lot to get it done. It's not going to be like last night, Mike, or Monday night when people are hearing this, I should say. Calgary got 71 shot attempts against the Penguins, and they load up. I think they're fifth in the NHL when it comes to shot attempts. The Penguins are actually, if you believe it, this is kind of a weird stat. The Pens, when it comes to shots on goal per game, they're second in hockey behind the Bruins, which is surprising to me. But that's the method. I think that's going to be the formula against the Oilers is – Enter the zone clean, possess the puck in the zone, fire it on net, get offensive zone faceoffs, and make the Oilers at least go the length of the ice before they get to Tristan Jari's cage. Oh, play that 200 foot game moving forward. Yeah. Be hard to score against. Yeah. Even a shot, you know, even a save by the goalie is not a bad play, even if it's not much of a shot because you're still facing. Because it breaks down the defense and then you can get that second opportunity. Or you win the face-off or something. But it's just yeah. it's more time when McDavid and Dreisaitl don't have the puck flying a million miles an hour in transition. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. McDavid, I don't see him play a ton because I, I don't have a hockey package and I, I don't stay up watching Western Canadian games. But that guy's more fun to watch with the puck even when nothing happens. Mm -hmm. uh, just the, the, His acceleration and ability to puck handle at speed is really attention-getting. And uh, Dreisaitl's having an even better year. Dreisaitl's up to... 20 goals right now and he's yeah. leading NHL in points well, he's kind of Robbie Brown to uh McDavid's Lemieux right I, mean, I think well, Dreisaitl's better than Robbie Brown no nah, but he's not better than than Connor McDavid no I, if he's, you're gonna take one player you take benefiting him. greatly from that association so uh yeah it'll be a fun game to watch I don't know that I'll uh have any skin on it but uh or in it but that's a late night for you in the morning show, but that one, uh, that be one good. I'll be watching until the wee hours of the morning as I'm moving into the new house. I can't be curious to see if this Penguins, uh, you know, defensive um, dominance is real or if it's just kind of one of those spots in the season. All right. Well, here's where I'm going to lose the first mortgage payment on the new place, Mike. Okay. Over 72 and a half, Wake Forest and Pitt. Is this the first time that these folks have seen either of these two teams play? 72 and a half. They both average over 40 points. Neither of their defenses are very good against what the other team does well. Quarterbacks that run the RPO for Wake Forest. Quarterbacks that can do anything for Pitt and, and Kenny Pickett. I mean, Wake Forest defense can't stop a good offense. Their, their defense is even worse than Pitt's, I think, when you consider who they gave up the points to. And 42 to Clemson, 50-something to Army, 50-something to North Carolina. I think this over-under is way too low. I think they both exceed 40, and I think we're going to get exactly as advertised points galore in the ACC championship game. Good luck with that. I'm going to, I'm going to just take uh, Pitt minus three in this one. I think Pitt is the better team. I think Pitt's clearly the better team. Um, I think Pitt's defense is underrated a little bit or underappreciated. I know it's had some breakdowns and there have been some days, but the Panthers can also really get after the quarterback. Uh, they're physical. Uh, this might be Pickett's uh, crowning uh, game of the year. You know, it's going to be a, a big spotlight shining, and uh, I think he's got a team he can exploit. 
Uh, I, I like Pitt in this. You, you may well be correct on on the over, but I, I never go total when I have a really strong feeling about a side. And, uh, Tim, I hate to say it, I think Pitt is it. Yeah, I think Pitt wins as well. I'll be very curious to see what that means for them when it comes to a bowl date. Uh, I've seen Peach Bowl against Notre Dame. I'm trying to remember what other destinations I've seen them linked to. But, you know, it's not going to be, especially if Notre Dame doesn't go to the Final Four. Um, they Don't they soak up an ACC spot and that kind of kicks Pitt down a rung, even though they're the ACC champion? Um, I think yeah, that makes sense. There's some sort of weird connection there. <laughs> By the way, Wake, Wake Forest also dumb enough to let Kenneth Walker the third transfer. Oh, that's right. He's your guy, right? That's yeah. in the Heisman conversation this year. That would have gotten it over 72 and a half if he had been there. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so you said you know, you would. there's no way you're picking Iowa in the Big Ten game? I can't do it. I, it's, wow, that's up to 11 now. I, here's my, my only thing about that is the you know the Michigan goalpost game potential, mm-hmm. and I do think Iowa plays pretty stout defense. But Michigan can run the ball; has gotten better throwing as the year went on. And I just, uh, I'm 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 sensing like a 27 to 10 ish thing there, but not not feeling you know especially strong about it. Particularly, uh, it's always hard when you're convinced the team is going to lose one week and then all of a sudden you're convinced they can't lose the next week, <laughs> but this yeah. might be the game. I mean, money lines out of hand at, at minus 500. Um, you know, I may just root for Iowa in this one and, and, and hope for uh, not a miracle, but an upset. So I said to myself, anything under a touchdown, I'm taking Georgia over Alabama. It's at six and a half right now. I'm going with Georgia, and I'm not second-guessing myself. What about you? I am not going against Alabama. They have, the Crimson Tide have told me on multiple occasions this year that they are not what they used to be. They are not who I thought they were. But this is friggin' Nick Saban in an SEC championship game. I may take the damn points. I only under the the guise of you're going to give me Alabama in six and a half, unless they're playing the 85 bears. I'm taking Alabama. What about, but I'm still waffling on that. What about Baylor and Oklahoma state Baylor's plus five. And then uh, Houston against Cincinnati. Uh, There's the potential there for Houston and Baylor to really screw things up. Houston is getting 10 and a half against Cincinnati. Um, I have never, I haven't had any luck betting against Cincinnati. I've been compelled to on a few occasions. I did once and got burned. I put a lot of faith in them against Notre Dame and they paid me off. So I I keep waiting for them to take themselves out of consideration and they haven't. I don't expect that they will against Houston. They might make me sweat though. Um, I'm not sure about that 10 and a half point line. What do you think? Is Luke coaching? That's a good question. Wild speculation that he's Notre Dame's next guy. I kind of, I'm looking at that Baylor-Oklahoma State game. Why is the, the total 46 and a half? The Baylor-Oklahoma State game? Baylor's got well, – they, they both, by Big 12 standards, have a defense. I don't think anybody in the Big 12 has that much of a defense against anybody else. That strikes me as really low. That's too low, right? I mean, Especially in a championship game. Yeah, I like the over in that one. What the Baylor-Oklahoma game end up? Yeah, I'll look it up. And and by the way, did you see the package that Lincoln Riley got to leave Oklahoma? For whatever reason, he had two houses in Norman 
and USC bought them both at $500,000 each over market value. So they gave him an extra million bucks in his two homes in Norman, bought him a $6 million home in Los Angeles. And on top of that, he's got a flight whenever he wants it on the USC jet for his family to go back and forth on the direct shuttle from LAX to Norman. So my God, I mean, and those are just the, why is his family staying in Norman? I don't know. I guess just to finish school or something like that for the kids. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but to me, that's the appealing part of the gig is if you're the coach of USC, you don't have to live in Norman, Oklahoma. I would think so. Plus, you know, whatever, $6 million a year or whatever he's getting uh, on top of that. But, um, yeah. And, and did I mention you don't have to live in Oklahoma? Yeah. Well, I saw that Republican candidate from Oklahoma talking about the uh, taxes that he's going to pay in California versus the taxes he's going to pay in Oklahoma. I'll pay the taxes and then some to go to Southern California and not live in Norman. Uh, Baylor OU was only uh, 27 to 14, by the way. Oh, there you go. that's That's only 41. Um, championship game though big 12 still smells over to me it does it does all right mike uh that'll do it for this week i guess uh closing thoughts here go back to the steelers there is no line for this but if you were to put an over under number on games one the rest of the way for them let's put it at two and a half under under two and a half Two max, you think, that they win? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll know a lot more after Baltimore because they play them twice, and you mentioned all the, you know, close games and the rivalry. Yeah. and it, You know, it doesn't always play according to script based on the records and what you think's going to happen. I mean, and maybe the Browns punk out. I could see him beating the Ravens once. I could see him beating the Browns, and, yeah, and maybe no Dalvin Cook. Maybe they go three and three, but. What the hell are the Titans without A.J. Brown and Julio uh, and Derrick Henry? You know, there's there's that in the mix, too. I think it'll also um, speak to uh, how how deep a hole they're they're falling into. Uh, they got to at least be competitive in this game, right? If it's forty-one to ten again, yeah, it's t- just time it, to start reevaluating a lot of stuff. Or it's or, hard to take my eyes away from that. Like I can I can rationalize what everybody else isn't, as I just did there for the mm-hmm. Browns and the Ravens and the Titans and the Vikings. What the Steelers are, are a team that couldn't beat the Lions and have given up 82 points in the last two weeks. That's what they are. Oh, it's a, you know, I was thinking that watching uh, Cleveland and Baltimore. I'm like thinking, neither one of these teams is any good, but mm-hmm. one of them's going to win. And that's something the Steelers not only didn't do in Cincinnati, didn't come close to doing. I also yeah. wonder, uh, and I was, I was fascinated by Tomlin's approach last week when he basically shoved all the chips into the center of the table and said, Hey, this isn't a must win, but it, it might as well be. We got to win this game. If you want, you know, you want to make the single elimination tournament. You got to go on a road and win. You want to be a serious player in the AFC North. You got to go on a road and win. What are we telling them now? Cause they didn't win. Yeah. He, he always avoids doing that for that express reason. Yeah, and he oh, decided it's, just, to it's a good policy for that expressed reason. Yeah, and uh, this time it blew up in his face, and I don't know if he knows how to fix it. So we'll see. Uh, Mike will be back with us next week. We'll be back to sort of our normal schedule next week after we're a little herky-jerky for Thanksgiving and for the move here. And uh, maybe Mike and I will both be in a cardboard box by the time we do this. Just so long as we have Internet access, we're fine. Yeah. Uh, this is the Pittsburgh CityCast <laughs> brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download Thanks the app today. Thanks a lot, Buckeyes. Or go to betrivers.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline hey sarah i love that spring break vlog you posted on zigazoo omg you watched it yeah it was so cool I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.